Hi, my name is Stuart Wood, and I'm the CEO of Caravel Law and the host of this podcast. Today, we are bringing out another episode focused on the current situation with COVID-19. Mike Pincus, the co-founder and partner at Connect CPA, will join me to talk about the steps that the Canadian government has taken to try to help businesses facing very challenging circumstances and tough business decisions. Mike and the team at Connect CPA have been working around the clock to help clients, so I really appreciate him taking some time to speak with me today. We are recording this discussion on April 14th, so any changes to the programs that come out after today will obviously not be recovered during this discussion. In the interest of full disclosure, Connect CPA has been helping Caravel Law for the past two years. So with that, here's my discussion with Mike. All right, I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast today by Mike Pincus from Connect CPA. Mike is the co-founder and partner at Connect CPA, which is a virtual accounting firm. Uh, they've been doing uh, a lot of work for uh, small businesses and startups and tech companies across uh, Canada in the last uh, almost seven years. And earlier this month, Mike put out a, a really interesting post on uh, some of the steps that the Canadian government has taken to help businesses with the current challenges. So I thought he'd be an excellent guest to have on the podcast and talk about some of these uh, issues that businesses are facing with and how the government is trying to to help out. So Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Stuart. Appreciate it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Connect CPA? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Connect CPA is a technology specialist chartered accounting firm. And that's just a fancy way of saying we help clients on their scaling journey. So we are all things finance and accounting and back office. And really, we're a virtual team that helps clients navigate that journey on the financial front. And really, our goal in, in a relationship is really, we try to do three things with clients. One is remove redundancies from their accounting function. Two is create as many automations as possible by leveraging technology to help them uh, with their systems. And then finally is help them enhance financial visibility as business owners so they can make better decisions and navigate um, their journey going forward. Great. Well, uh, I should just go up front that uh, Connect CPA works with Caravel Law. So I'll just uh, put that out there. Uh, and then I assume that you guys are helping a lot of your clients with uh, the current situation and the various relief efforts that are open to them. But I'm also curious how you guys are dealing with the current challenges as a business yourselves. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's difficult times. So they're unprecedented times and um, it is challenging for us as a business, but also for a lot of our clients. So the shutdowns that are happening Canada wide are obviously impacting all brick and mortar businesses very, very heavily because they're not able to go into offices and the social distancing is causing uh, just a lot of friction in the operations of many of our clients. That being said, um, we try to have a positive attitude towards this and it's creating a lot of opportunity for our clients to innovate and create different ways of handling this difficult time. And in terms of the financial side of things, what are some of the challenges that your clients are facing right now? A whole host of things. Like one of them would be obviously a lot of them have rent and overhead charges that, that they have to navigate and have discussions with landlords. Uh, a big thing that that's coming up over and over again from a financial standpoint is a lot of our clients employ a lot of employees and, um, and those team members, they want to keep their jobs. They want to, they want to be able to, a lot of a lot of our clients work extremely hard to build out corporate cultures and and continuity of the team is is incredibly important and so during difficult times where cash flow is taking a hit 
it's very, very difficult to be able to keep moving forward without letting go of anyone, without doing salary cuts. And uh, and the ultimate goal for most of our clients is to maintain their team. And I think that's priority number one. And so that's been, I'd say, the biggest challenge that most of our clients are facing. They've taken a cash flow hit and they need to figure out what to do with the, with the cash burn related to payroll. Do you find that uh, some of the accounting role now for you guys is also involves coaching or almost even therapy for the people who are facing these tough challenges? Yeah, if we weren't therapists before, we're definitely therapists now. Um, it, there's no doubt that the relationship with our clients, uh, it goes very deep. Like It's your intimate accounting and financial details, and, and we want to be there to help our clients navigate these difficult waters. And so during a time like this, um, the, our, main, our main objective right now is to help our clients obtain subsidies and 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 figure out what to do with all these government efforts to help our to, to help figure out what to do financially and so like right now there's obviously a lot of things on the table and a lot of and a lot of government initiatives we want to help our clients navigate them because there's a lot of complexities with them and we want to help our clients get as much cash flow into their businesses so that they can help stay afloat during a difficult time. So that's a good uh, transition. Uh, you did put out a post earlier this month on some of the uh, your thoughts on some of the government's uh, steps that they've taken so far. The steps have obviously changed uh, quite a bit uh, since then. So I want to uh, just talk through the Canada's COVID-19 economic response plan for businesses specifically. You know, what's your overall assessment of the government's efforts so far? I want to say like look, I put out an, I put out an opinion piece on 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 LinkedIn and and that came from a standpoint of looking out from looking out from a, a wide client base of we have a large sample to to compare what what clients are eligible versus which ones are not eligible and we obviously want as many canadian jobs saved like that's the ultimate goal and so the first thing i want to say right out of the gate is that this is a very difficult problem to solve and i applaud the government for moving quickly on this because um, every day that we delay putting dollars in, in small businesses' hands, um, jobs will be lost. And because Canadian economy is made up of mainly small to medium-sized businesses, um, any delay would have been an issue. So it's impossible to get this completely right out of the gate when you have to move quickly and there isn't time to vet it. Um, that being said, what I put out in that that opinion piece was a lot of businesses are, are being left, were in the original plan on the Canada emergency wage subsidy, which, um, sorry, that came out a little bit later. But before that, the 10% wage subsidy was the first subsidy to come out. It was an all-inclusive type of subsidy uh, that was available to companies. Really, all they had to do was have an RP account, a payroll account with the government, and the issue was they capped it at $25,000 and it, there was an uproar um, from the business community saying they, the government wasn't doing enough to help businesses survive. And now fast forward to the release of the Canada emergency wage subsidy. Um, what I commented on on LinkedIn was about the fact that you needed the, the test, the litmus test in order to be eligible was a 30% decline in revenue year over year. And the problem with that is 
I, the two examples I alluded to were if you have a 29.5% decline in your business, you're not eligible. And then the other example I used is high growth companies, both in the technology sector and not in the technology sector, just high growth operations. Um, they hire in advance of growth to be able to absorb that growth as they go through that scaling journey. And the issue really becomes if you are growing at a rapid rate and you've grown 100% year over year, the odds that you are going to fall backwards 130% in order to meet the requirement, are it's almost impossible, especially for SaaS businesses like software as a service, where the retention rate is very, very high of their customer base. And so for those types of companies, they're kind of left in the dark with the original um, mandate that the government put out related to the Canada emergency wage subsidy. It's now been revised. And, and if you want, I can comment on the revisions they, they've made. Sure, that would be great. Yeah, so the, the main thing that's now changed is they... Uh, and and I, again, I applaud the government once again on this, that they were listening to Canadians and Canadian business leaders that they weren't doing enough in terms of that of that test. It wasn't inclusive enough. And so the new tests that they've put into place... Um, for the 75, and I like to call it the 75% wage subsidy. Like It's called the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy, but the way I think about the two efforts that the government has put out here, one is a 10% wage subsidy, and then the other is a 75%, and you can't get both of them. You can get one or the other, meaning if you get the 10%, it reduces the 75% um, by the amount that you received on the 10%. And so without making this too technical, what, what I would say with this is the government is willing to give you up to 75% of remuneration paid to an employee up to $847 a week. And so what that works out to be is about $44,000. And that $44,000 would be a, an individual making a salary of about $58,000. So if you think about it, if you have an employee that's making $58,000, they're your cap, meaning they can get an amount up to 75% of that amount reimbursed to the company um, if, they may, if they meet certain criteria. And here's what the criteria is. And it's a little bit technical, so I'm going to try to make it as clear as possible. This is to encourage companies to keep those employees on, right? So the main objective of of this uh, specifically, well, both of these subsidies, the main objective is hold on to your team. And that's what I, uh, I, I right. commented on the first time, which is let's prevent as many Canadians from losing their jobs as possible. And that's what this initiative really targets. Absolutely. Right. And so the criteria, they broke it out into three periods. And those three periods really extend from March of this year out to June of this year. And really what the goal with the criteria is businesses that have taken a hit of 15 to 30% in revenue are supposed to be eligible to get this 75% of their employee salaries paid out to them to cushion the blow and make them either avoid firing someone or rehire people that they had already let go due to the hit um, from COVID-19. And so without making it too technical, the way it works is what they've put into practice now is rather than being a year over year um, litmus test, they now will give you the option. So for period one, the test, the way it works is you, uh, let's use March as an example. If you were in March, 2020, you can compare that to March, 2019 to see if you've had a 15% revenue drop. 
If you don't meet that criteria, you can also compare it to the average of January and February of 2020. So rather than going a year back, you can now look at the prior two months, the average revenue that your business had in those prior two months, meaning January and February. And if you've fallen by 15% and you've met that requirement, you are eligible and you will get this uh, benefit. And what the government's done, which is really, really nice here, is that if you've met the requirement for period one, which runs from March 15th to April 11th, you are now automatically eligible for period two and period three, meaning the next two periods where they're going to give these cash injections, which runs from April to May and then May to June. Uh, so what the government's done that's really nice is that if you qualify for the first period, you automatically meet the requirements for period two and period three. Even if you don't show a 30% decline for those two months? Correct. Because as long as you are eligible for period one, you are automatically eligible for period two. And if you were eligible for period two, you're automatically eligible for period three. So that first test of meeting the revenue requirement of a 15% drop, um, March, or, let's say March over March, using our example of March. So from March 2020 versus March 2019, or the average of January and February 2020, if you meet that requirement, you automatically are going to get all three periods. And that's a, a major thing. Um, because it means that that first test is extremely important because if you don't meet that first test, then you can still qualify, but now you have to meet a 30% requirement uh, reduction in revenue in that second period. And that's a way harder test to meet. And that's why a lot of businesses are obviously hoping that our employers are hoping that they meet that first period requirement test. So do you have uh, a risk of some companies taking March invoices and moving them into April? There is definitely a risk of, of that happening. So there's a lot at stake by not meeting that period one requirement. And uh, and by the way, what I would recommend, because this is a complicated topic and, and, the, and the test is obviously, it's it, it, like explaining it right now, it probably seems complex to anyone listening. What I would do is if you go to Canada, Canada.ca, click COVID-19. There's a drop down menu when you click for businesses and it will show you a chart that breaks out period one, two, and three. I recommend everyone goes to that chart and it will become clear when you look at that chart on how the government has broken out the test of whether you meet the Canada emergency wage subsidy. Um, but yes, uh, to answer your question, Stuart, there's obviously a risk that people will try to shift invoices to different periods either to move them into January and February to inflate the income in January and February to show a reduction in March, or conversely, to shift out those invoices way into the future so that you meet the requirement of, of a revenue reduction in that March example. Now, the issue, though, is that if anyone gets caught trying to manip manipulate their financials, it's very punitive. Like they mentioned that not only would you have to pay it back, there'd be fines and penalties. They also alluded to the fact that there may be jail time associated with, with trying to manipulate the numbers. And so this is something I think the government's taking very seriously that it's open to manipulation. And um, they're hoping that Canadians are honest and, and that they're going to put the best foot forward. And is there any consideration for businesses that may have sales that they uh, will now have trouble collecting because their clients are no longer able to pay bills. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and so the way revenue is recognized, like that brings up the revenue recognition concept. And the way the government has touched on that is 
really they've, they've specified only a couple things. They said, whatever your current revenue recognition policy is as a business, you continue to use that. You can use accrual or ca- cash method, but you can't change it during the time that this program is being run. But the reality is your revenue number has to reflect your current accounting policy. So for example, under accrual accounting, if you recognize a sale and it hasn't yet been written off due to uncollectability or it hasn't been proven to be uncollectible, it's going to still sit on the books in your sales. And so unfortunately, businesses are handcuffed by whatever the rules are to revenue recognition. They have to stay in place and those are used as the guidelines for the program administration. And so what about for self-employed people who don't have employees? Is there help available to those yeah. for small businesses that are essentially a solo employee? Yeah, absolutely. So for them, like if they if they do have employees, they can get the 10% wage subsidy or the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy. But if they don't have employees, there's something called a Canada Emergency Response Benefit or CERB, like C-E-R-B. And what that is, is it's a taxable benefit of $2,000 a month that's payable up to four months for workers that are eligible. And really eligibility is... You have to have at least $5,000 of income earned in 2019 or in the prior 12 months prior to the application. And you have to have an expectation that you'd be without income for 14 consecutive days for that initial four-week period. And then you have to have zero income in order to qualify. So that's something that's extremely important about the Canada Emergency Response Benefit. It doesn't account for business owners that have had a major reduction in income but are still not at zero income. So we have a few examples of, I'll give you one example that we have. Uh, we have a client of ours that is a chiropractor, runs a chiropractic uh, practice, and they they went from doing high number per month of five figures every single month, and now they've only held on to patients that are in critical need. So they're maybe doing four or $500 a month total. The issue is they don't qualify for this because they're not at zero income. And that's one of the requirements for this. So this does exist for sole proprietors or solopreneurs, um, but they have to be not generating an income, meaning they're in a position where they can't take an income. In terms of uh, available uh, help and relief for those kinds of businesses, the government has taken some steps on taxes, both income taxes and HST. Mm -hmm. What sort of steps have they taken there and how can companies benefit from that? Yeah, absolutely. So filing deadlines have been shifted. So uh, I guess we should start with personal taxes. So the filing deadline is traditionally April 30th. It's been moved to June 1st. And then there's a deferral related to taxes owing up to September 1st. So typically you're going to have, and, and when I say debt filing deadline of April 30th, I'm, I'm speaking strictly to individuals. Um, um, pretty much sole proprietors are normally June 15th deadline. That deadline hasn't shifted. So that still remains in effect, the June 15th deadline. But the taxes owing, the actual outgoing cash that you have to pay to the government has been deferred to September 1st for both solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, and also individuals. It's been, it's been delayed to September the 1st. Um, in regards to sales tax, you bring up another point is... There's also been adjustments there as well. And so what CRA has put out is that it will allow businesses to defer until the end of June 2020 any GST, HST payments or remittances that become owing on or after March 27, 2020 and before June 2020. 
That means that no interest will apply if your payments or remittances are made by the end of June. So an example of that would be most corporations have an amount owing. If they're an annual filer, they might have an amount owing in March. Some quarterly filers are going to have amounts owing in April or in that period before June. Anybody that has a payment that's before that June cutoff is now deferred out to June 30th, 2020. So that's really intended to keep some cash in those businesses. Yeah, all of all of these programs and initiatives are either to defer the outflow of cash or to inject cash into businesses. All, and again, ultimately with the goal to cushion the blow of, of COVID-19. So in terms of uh, another step that they've taken to try to provide cash in the short term to companies is this Canadian Emergency Business Account. So how does that plan work and how do companies apply for that? Because I understand it's now open for applications. Yeah. And what's what's interesting about that is it's targeted to businesses. Like the, the main requirement to qualify for the Canada Emergency Business Account is you need to be between 50,000 to 1 million in payroll. So if you think of, of, of the size of a business, having over 50K in payroll means that, that it's not an incredibly small company, but capping it at 1 million in payroll means it's also not a mid-size or potentially a venture-backed company where they've done maybe a Series A and they, they have, let's say, 30, 40 employees. It's really targeting small businesses that have a team, but they're not overly large. And, and the goal is to provide them with a loan of $40,000. And what's really interesting about this initiative is that the government is allowing is allowing businesses to be forgiven on $10,000 of the principal if they repay $30,000 of the 40 by December 31st, 2022. So they get they issue you a loan for 40k, you have to repay back 30k by December 31st, 2022 and then they will forgive the $10,000 spread the additional $10,000 that they lent you, you don't have to pay it back. So that that's intended to give uh, some relief to people, but that's independent of whether they've kept their employees on or been forced to lay off. So they can, they can use that revenue for rent and other expenses. Yeah. To qualify, all you need is you have to have an RP account, a payroll account with between 50,000 and a million in payroll. You have to be a small business or NPO and that's it. That Those are the only real requirements to qualify. What do you expect to see the government roll out in the future? Do you think that there are any holes in these plans that uh, have been identified that they're they're working on? Yeah. So again, I want to reiterate, I think they've done a good job of, of tackling this quickly and, and, and they're obviously putting a, a ton of resources behind this. And, and so from an overall, from an overall policy standpoint, they've done a good job of moving very quickly, but the, uh, there's a few areas where I think there's still holes and, um, I'm not sure whether there will be changes, but here are the few things that I would say may come up on the horizon. The first being, as I alluded to beforehand, the Canada Emergency Response Benefit of 2K a month for four months. Um, it's really for people with zero income, but it doesn't account for, for individuals that have had a substantial reduction in income, but they're not at zero income. And so I think there may be on the horizon some thought put towards the Canada Emergency Response Benefit to include individuals that have had a major decline in income, but they're not at zero income. So that's one thing where I, I think that it may be something that they discuss, but who knows? I have no idea if, if this will change in the future. The other thing is 
going back to that article I put out on LinkedIn related to the Canada emergency wage subsidy, it still does. I don't think it's going to change. I don't know. Um, but I feel like it still leaves out a lot of high growth companies. Um, like I said before, and companies that are growing at a hundred percent or 200% per year, these fast growing, uh, companies, they might take a 70, 80% growth hit, but that still means they're going to have to fire a large amount of people. And that in itself is, it's detrimental to the Canadian economy. It means people are losing their jobs and, um, and it's a major issue because they're not going to qualify for the, for the wage subsidy. So like the main, the main businesses that I'm still concerned about are those high growth companies that they're adding a lot of value to society. They're either building, they're building a business that's adding a lot of value because they're growing the revenue at a, at a large rate, which means there's demand for whatever it is that they're doing and their success is being penalized. Meaning by them growing at these high growth rates, they are not eligible, even if they've taken an 80%, 90% hit to their growth rate, they may have hired a ton of people to facilitate that growth. They're going to have to fire all those people because of their cash burn. And so those are the main businesses, small, medium-sized businesses that I'm still concerned about. And I'm not sure if anything's going to be done to address it. But like I said, I, I applaud the government for moving quickly on this. It's not an easy problem to solve, but that's still... And, and the new wage subsidy does help to some extent by comparing it to the prior two months, which is, which is a big effort the government has made to try to capture that group. But I feel like it still slightly misses the mark on, on those high growth companies. So I think most companies are obviously focusing on their cash flows. And uh, you see lots of posts these days about how cash is king again. And uh, people are focused on steps they can take uh, to lengthen their runway and to reduce their burn rate, as you say. Other than layoffs, what do you see some of your clients uh, doing to try to reduce their burn rate and give themselves a longer runway? So the main thing that we're seeing across the board and, and, and Connect CPA is, is trying to take a major step with our clients to help them navigate these, these subsidies and loans is first to get cash in the bank. And to get cash in the bank, um, the biggest thing is seeing whether they first qualify for any of these government programs. Because if, if they qualify for the Canada Emergency Business Account or they qualify for the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy, that's our starting point. Our starting point is, can we get cash in the bank? Um, the next thing after that, if they're not eligible for, for these subsidies or loans, is trying to just manage manage expectations with customers, manage expectations with team members. It's, it, I'm not going to say it's not difficult. It's extremely difficult. We've seen um, customers of ours, they've had to have difficult conversations with employees where there's been like reduced work weeks. Um, sometimes there's been salary cuts and sometimes there's been layoffs. And it's a hard reality, but this is an unprecedented event. And it's something that I feel like all small businesses are, are banding together to find a way to to navigate these waters because it's it is challenging and and there's only so much you can do to manage cash flow meaning like you can you can you can talk to your suppliers your landlords everyone is understanding because we're all in this together but the bottom line is is if you're not eligible for some of these government initiatives uh it is trying times it's difficult so this was a ton of really helpful information for everyone. If someone out there would like to get some help from Connect CPA or you know learn more about 
some of the services you offer. What are the best ways for them to learn more about Connect CPA or to get in touch with you? Yeah, so we're we're on social media. So we're on we're on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Like we're in all the normal social media uh, domains. But the best way to reach me is to just email me directly at mike at connectcpa.ca or add me on on LinkedIn. So Mike Pincus, just go to LinkedIn. You'll find me there. If you type in Connect CPA, Mike Pincus, you'll find me there and send me a direct message. Um, I, I feel like that's the easiest way. I, I like to be approachable with anyone that has any issues, whether you're a small business owner or medium-sized business owner, and you're trying to deal with figuring out the complexities uh, of these government rollouts, by all means, just reach out directly to me. Great. I'll uh, include all those links in the show notes so people can find it there. And uh, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time today. As you say, we're all going through this together. And so really appreciate you taking the time to offer some help to people who are listening to the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, Stuart, and uh, and creating a platform to talk about this because I think it's super important and uh, really appreciate you taking the time to go through with me. Thanks a lot, Mike. Thanks a lot, Stuart. All right. I really want to thank Mike Pincus for taking some time to speak with me during a very busy time for him and Connect CPA. Check out the show notes for all the links mentioned during the discussion. If you'd like more information about this podcast or about Caravel Law, please check us out at caravellaw.com. We will be back soon with more episodes of the podcast. Until then, thanks for listening and best wishes to everyone for good health.